Hi, welcome to episode 19 <laughs> of Two Girls, a Guy, and a Tardis, and uh, the long-awaited episode 19, the one in which we are using the auxiliary control room, K9, and a few other spare parts from uh, Chameleon patched in to get a recording done. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> some, some lot of references thrown yes. in at that time, huh? I should really, uh-huh. I should really have a couple of uh, Scottish thoughts before we start all the time. <laughs> uh, there's some limoncello and beer in the fr- in the Tardis fridge if you want. Uh, <gasps> oh, I want some. Well, then I guess hmm, I can't really send it through Skype to you. So next time, <laughs> I have some. <laughs> okay. I might water it down a little bit. It's a little bit strong, but I thought it generally was uh, turned out okay. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so we do have some news on. Uh, <laughs> On the Doctor Who special front, uh, I I read it 75 minutes long, yep. which in my opinion is what every episode should be, but eh, I'm happy with that. 75 minutes should work out. I think they'll uh, pack p- plenty in it. You have three doctors, two assistants, and a partridge in a prayer tree. <laughs> well, you really do. Three doctors, two. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, you said the name of it is? Day of the Doctor. Day of the Doctor. It's apparently the direct sequel to Day of the Daleks. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know what the plot is. Name I, of I, the Doctor. He's name. just going with yeah, yeah. blank of the Doctor. If every if, if Series 8, every episode is something of the Doctor, <laughs> I might be a little agitated by that. But, uh... But after jo- the Christmas special, he won't be able to do the Eleven joke anymore. Right, because you couldn't just as easily put 12 in, the, in place of every Eleven. <laughs> well, it'll be a change. That's true. I'm actually looking forward to seeing... Um, the the twelfth doctor, uh, Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. I, I actually am very excited about that. I'm more excited about than about that than I was uh, about Matt Smith, <laughs> to be honest. And more excited than when I went to David Tennant. I mean, I, I didn't know much of Tennant's work. I knew he was on um, Casanova. I think it mm-hmm. was. Uh, I didn't know Matt Smith at all. I think I remember him from that one Secret Diary of a Call Girl episode where he was a uh, stalker, you know, of uh, Billy Piper's character. But um, I, I was weary about him, and I didn't know Peter Capaldi's work other than the bit things I've seen him in and then the highlights I watched on YouTube of him just cussing up a storm. <laughs> but even without the swearing, the intensity he looks like he could bring is, like, is insane. I, mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited to see where they go with him, you know. So, yeah, I wanted an older doctor. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm tired I, of the really lo- I'm, pu- I'm tired of all the all the companions giving puppy dog yeah. eyes and falling for the doctor. And I didn't think it would happen though. I was like, well, they're never gonna have an older doctor again because yeah. they've got to have a young, cute doctor. Well, how young can you go? He'd be a fetus. <laughs> but he could have stayed like you know in his twenties. Yeah, and he could have changed the theme music to Forever Young by uh, whatever that band in the eighties <laughs> was. Oh, uh, Miss Ross Stewart. No, there was an 80s song of it, too. There was a Rod Stewart one. You're right. That's true. It might, it might have been... Uh, there were two different songs, though. But Okay. But you are correct. Ding, 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 ding. You win a trip in the TARDIS. Ooh! Um, we, also, for, uh, we also, also, if I get this... We point, also, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll let you... We also have the Blu-ray release date. Uh, and the DVD is going to be... It's going to come out on Monday, December 2nd. That's right. And also, for those of you don't, that don't know, all, the entire new series, from Eccleston all the way up to... I believe it'll be this Christmas special. No. From Eccleston all the way up to the finale of Season 7, I believe it is, will is being released all on Blu-ray, one big box set, 
with a sonic screwdriver remote control in it <laughs> for a god awful amount of money because just yeah. really, I, you know what take the screwdriver out of it and i'll probably i'd probably consider it but they are releasing that so if you don't have them and you want them in eight blu-ray hd there's gonna be a lot of extras a lot of feature stuff on it and quite honestly i mean the screwdriver is kind of neat i mean <laughs> it's universal i mean volume up down channel i mean Granted, mm-hmm. you have to control it kind of like Harry Potter's wand, which, yeah. <laughs> but um, so that's that's coming out. When did that happen? Uh, I read about it about two weeks ago. Since we've been gone for like three months, uh, <laughs> I guess there just hasn't been a whole lot going on. Oh, they started filming the Christmas special. Yeah. There's some pictures from set that you could find on um, DoctorWhoNews.org. That com. If you type that com, it goes to the right one. But they have some images and. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, I I look forward to the Peter Capaldi uh, regen. I think that'll be good. Matt Smith's wig looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he shaved his head for the movie he was in here. Mm-hmm. Not sure what that movie's about that he's in here. I'm not sure I care yeah. either, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. How successful it is. Uh, what were you saying about Peter Davison before we started recording? Because I I'm, really have, I, I really like Peter Davison. He's such a great guy. Um, Peter Davison confirms 50th anniversary celebration involvement. We don't know what it is. Well, you got to remember, though, there's a Big Finish audio that has all the doctors. And uh-huh. he, he's in that, and McCoy's in that, and Baker's in that, and ba- both Bakers, <laughs> and McGann. And I'm sure they have people playing the first, you know, the first three. Right, I'm assuming. And mm-hmm. I think Tenant's in it. I think oh, I don't know if it's only the classic doctors or if the if the new ones are in it. But I know I know all the old guys are in that, mm-hmm. so it could it could be that. It would be great to see Peter Davison in it. And actually, they show up. They the cover of um, Doctor Who magazine, either this month or next month, shows them all sitting like all photoshopped mm-hmm. together. But you know, really, yeah. McGann does not look bad. He yeah. he really could still play the role. Davison could still do it. I and, think McCoy and McCoy could. Lo- McCoy looks more like the do- somebody said he looks more like the doctor the older he gets. And he mm-hmm. kind of still has that look. He still looks like him. I mean mm-hmm. Tom Baker, oh, mm-hmm. Tom Baker if you dyed his hair. Well, also he has did some work on the wrinkles and he had the scar. I mean, you could probably pull it off. But I'm sure I'm sure they did. Colin you know. Baker though, it would take a miracle. <sighs> yeah. You know, saying stuff like that is why I never heard back from the convention, just so you know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Nothing against him. He, he it, said himself. Yeah, no, he, he said himself. He's like, there's no way in hell. I'm agreeing work. Yeah. with the man. He, yeah. he doesn't look the same. So no, not at all. And he knows it. You know. Yeah. He's a very. He's a, he seems like a very nice guy too. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love them. I'd love to meet all of them and you know chat a little. Uh, I think I, I remember reading about Peter Davison that he yeah he didn't say specifically he was in the special. But then people were, like, theorizing, well, maybe it's, like, one of the little Moffat pre-episode release clips. I still think he could have just used their voices. And he did mention, though. I mean, why not? I read that in, in, I think, because I read that online, that he was talking about that. And it said also that he mentioned something about getting, like, a copy of the script with his name embossed on it or something. and, And... that was like, well, why would he be getting a copy of a script if he wasn't... So we thank you for your contributions throughout the last 50 years. Here's a script you're not in. <laughs> yeah. So it, it seemed like maybe he might be doing something. something. He could have been, yeah. But 
But yeah, it could be anything because they've got... Maybe he shows up in an adventure in space and time playing someone else. Adventure in space. Oh, yeah. I mean, he could. They all could do something like that. That's true. I mean, but, you know, we'll see what he happens. didn't say what he was in, just that he did I, something. I am kind of excited for the 50th. I mean, but I hate saying it. The Peter Capaldi announcement really got me looking past it already. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, all right, Matt Smith's gone. Let's get on with this guy. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wait, we have two episodes with him left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Clara sticking around, which I think is great. I, there are people that, for some reason, find her character annoying, but like characters like Rose, who the first series and half of the second series, okay. Hey, even most of the second series, okay. But when they brought her back, she just seemed whiny and preachy. You know, it's like, really? You you think that's better than Clara? Okay, gotcha. I mean, teach their own. You know. Uh, anything else? Oh, big news for Chicago TARDIS fans. Hope, I'm going to try getting this up before Tuesday night because Chicago TARDIS this year is only allowing 2,000 people as opposed to 2,800 or 2,700 last year. And they are cutting off single-day tickets for Saturday on Tuesday night. Uh, so if you haven't gotten them yet, I'd say get them. Mm-hmm. I think the four-day, the three- or four-day ones are all gone already. So, yeah, that's our Chicago <laughs> TARDIS update. I mean, they have a great lineup of people, which brings us to what we're going to talk about today. Because there hasn't been a whole lot going on, and I don't think any of us really watched much. I mean, did, I, did, Joanna, did you watch the Eighth Doctor movie? Ninth Doctor, I have not. Doctor? No? Okay, so that's out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... I haven't. I'm still trying to catch, catch, catch up on everything from my trip, so... Oh, that's right. You were in Alaska. Uh, I was on a Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which sounds, I highly recommend going. Awesome. It's beautiful. It was? Peaceful. Oh, gosh. It was insane. So, if anyone goes, I recommend going. Cool. You make any friends? Um, no one my age. Mm. (laughs) I know that feeling. (laughs) So, since there's really not much else to talk about... I'm surprised you didn't want to devote the whole podcast to discussing the Eighth Doctor's movie, because... I haven't seen it since it aired. I remember he's on a motorcycle. I remember yes. I, the TARDIS looked... Ooh, shoot. I remember the TARDIS actually looked pretty cool. I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was kind of steampunk. <laughs> kind of gothy and kind of like... <sighs> cyberpunk, almost. Which I think was ahead of its time. I think it's really neat. But I don't remember um, much else about... I remember Sylvester McCoy gets shot in New York City... San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. Yeah, because there's a lot of gang shootings in San Fran. Yes, Asian gangs yeah, apparently yeah, roam yeah. the street. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's like San Fran is like one of the nicest cities you could visit. With, yeah, I'm sure that's going to happen there. But um, well, they so have I, no personality. The Asian no, gangs. no, they're like they're like they're, they're, they're just like two-dimensional, running around like, yeah. with guns. He opens the door, they just shoot him because they don't know what's going on, and then they run away. And I'm like, really, you couldn't work any but anyways so no i didn't i haven't i didn't watch it i haven't watched it in years i, I just, have it i just, I just haven't. thought that was a stupid way to send off sylvester mccoy yeah it's like the only doctor ever to get gunned down thankfully i mean the daleks almost got de- tenant the one episode <laughs> a little baby spider anyways uh so what i figured we'd do since we're leading up to the 50th there's not a lot going on there's nothing 
there's not going to be any new episodes till then, is let's give a quick rundown of the the, the doctors leading up into Matt Smith. <laughs> now, we know, I know, Joanna, you haven't seen much of William Hartnell's first doctor. But I do like him a lot. From what you've seen. You saw... Yes. Uh, Aztecs. Aztecs. Which is not a bad story. It's very good. No, it wasn't. Uh... And since Nicole's more a little better at explaining stuff, <laughs> Nicole, why don't you tell us? Give us give us a brief history of the first Doctor that you know. Ooh, okay. Uh, well, he starts out, and he's not even the hero, which is interesting. He's just the cranky, mean old man. That's, he's he's kind of a villain. At he, times. he goes along <laughs> with well, with, in the Daleks, he wants to just leave Barbara, like. Leave, leave her. Let's go. And I'm like, that would so not happen now. Yeah. But he's just, they have to like trick him all the time into like staying or helping. He's just like, everywhere they land, they meet people and he's just like, I don't care about these people. He was very conniving also. He, he's, yeah, he was much more, and they really played up in the beginning, like frail old man aspect. He's yeah. always like. Oh, the radiation is really affecting him. He's very weak now, and I'm like... Which was kind of a departure from other characters Hartnell played. Hartnell played a lot of army kind of characters and stuff like that. A lot of tough guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he was... Yeah, the frail... But then... Kind of... I think, well, when Ian was leaving, then Ian couldn't be the hero anymore, so the doctor had to finally step up, even though he got Steven. But... I was going to say, Steven came in, and then after Steven, you had... Uh... I mean, but, realistically, the but first... But he's in charge with Steven. Like, when, when he yeah, first traveled with Barbara yeah. and Ian, Ian was in charge. Yeah. He's like, we're doing this. We're going here. I'm going to rescue these people. I'm going to go do this. And the doctor's just like, do we have to, kind of? <laughs> That's true. Like, oh. When Steven the, comes The doctor's along, like, Matt locks on in like 10 <laughs> minutes. When Steven comes along, he's like, he's in charge. And Steven is like his, his one to go off and fight and do all the heavy lifting. And, and he went through a lot of compa- I mean, for being oh, what, yeah. what was it three three seasons? Well, I think they changed producers so many times. Yeah, three, and then yeah, like, three, nineteen sixty three to sixty six. And you had um, you had Susan Foreman, Barbara Wright, <laughs> Ian Chesterton, Vicky, Stephen Tyler, Katrina, Sarah Kingdom, Dodo Chaplay, Polly, and Ben Jackson. Polly was great because you never knew Polly's last name. Yeah. They never once, and there were some odd, like, just odd plot like things happening. Like when um when Dodo leaves, oh yeah, Dis- she's like in disappears. the first two or three parts of the War Machines, and then she's gone. Well, she was brainwashed. Doctor they, got her back, and then she had to go rest. She went to rest and never came back. And well, I think, they brought I think, a message back well, Polly, from her. Yeah, oh, not Polly. Um, yeah, yeah, it Polly's was Polly like, and uh, oh, yeah. Dodo says she's Polly gonna stay. Like Dodo says, she's gonna stay because uh, she entrusted a woman she met once with you know. Yeah, he was cranky and he was very conniving and very and never really told the truth to them about what they were doing. It was kind of like working for the CIA, or <laughs> CIA or the Soviet Union, I would think. Well, he had no control too. He didn't mean? know where they were going back then. Yeah, but back then it wasn't because of it was just because it's. It, back then, the TARDIS was more of a machine, too. Like, it's and funny, because there's, there's the throwaway line where, where Ian says it feels alive. Yeah. But ultimately, it was the TARDIS was more machine and less organic, which is kind of how it is with Matt Smith now. It looks, it looks more machine, less organic again. But, I mean, 
you know, the doctor didn't talk to the TARDIS the way, you know, Tom Baker did. Or There still, though, was the episode where the TARDIS was, like, warning them, the little two-parter yeah, yeah, edge yeah. of destruction. So it had kind of a weird sentience. But, but no, he... I mean, you, you would have just thought it was an AI. You know, you didn't think it was, like, you know... And, uh, and like, I guess, um, you thought it was an artificial intelligence, not, like, an organic intelligence, like us, you know? Mm. But, yeah, the Doctor had no control, so that was always... And he loved to pretend he had control, which I What? This isn't Earth? I intended to go here. He's always like, I have brought you to Earth. I know I have. And then it's like, well, yes, but this doesn't look like England. I'm sure it's England. Like, go. Like, he's always pretending that he really... See, it's, it's like, England in 1592. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, we're in France in 1797. Yeah. It's like... And those Huguenots are getting killed. It's like, we're not close, but... A lot of those stories back then, I mean, it's funny. It was a show that was supposed to be more historic in a sense and more educational. And oh, yeah, Ian, like, explains, like, condensation yeah, and stuff. Yeah. He'll, like, go on about, well, you know, condensation forms. And yeah, I'm like, it was, it was supposed to be educational, especially for kids, but a lot of the stories were not, like, like the, the Huguenots one was... Um, massacre. The Massacre of St. Bartholomew's night, Eve. And it's not a really kid-friendly story. And, like, the woman that's with them, last name shall play, <laughs> like, he lets them all die. Yeah. I mean, the, the Hartnell's doctor was like, no, we cannot do this. It's a set point in time. Done and done. And basically, I think he tricks Stephen to leave even. And takes off and lets all these people that he befriended just just get massacred. You know, it's like, wow. You would never, ever see that today. Well, people were dying right and left in yeah. Dalek's master plan. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was, there was way more death than that in, in his, too. So Joanna, you watched the Aztecs. What did you? What were your impressions of of Hartnell as a, a new Who fan? You know, your first time watching him. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to wrap mind around it. Trying to remember to when I first saw him, but I liked him because he was so different from what I know of the Doctor. What or whom I know the Doctor is. So it was. It was kind of fun seeing someone's completely indifferent who is doctor i will say in a sense it almost amazes me that the show stayed on the air you know i mean it it wasn't like it was good we had dalek I think, mania. I, think, I think the daleks are what kept it on the air i think when they brought the daleks in and that episode aired what was that the sec- second second yeah second, second episode. episode when that episode aired i I watch that episode to this day, and to me, it's as good as almost any of the new ones. It really is. It's black and white, so a lot of special effects flaws are hidden. Mm -hmm. But it's just a good story. The thing is, these storylines are better. Because people had detention span back then, though, too. Which is sad. (laughs) No. Ooh, a lot of them could have been a little Ooh, bit shiny. shorter. <laughs> oh, no, they had some episodes that were way too long. The War Games with um, the, with Troughton, Troughton was, like, 
16 or 14 episodes or something. I think that one's 10. It was still obnoxiously long. Dalek's Master Plan is 12. Yeah, okay, that's the one I was saying. 12, yeah, it's like... Well, even the, the first the, Dalek but all story... all those old ones, though, all those old ones, you didn't see the bad guys until two episodes yeah. in. You had character development. You, you felt like you were part of the cast going, wow, all this weird stuff's happening. I wonder what's going on. You didn't see it from the other side so much as you do now. You know... Mm. Like now, it's like oh, the Dalek. Dalek is right in the title of this episode, <laughs> and immediately first thing you hear, exterm. Uh, uh, when we know who's here, you know. Back then, I mean, you had two episodes before they made it to the city where uh, Barbara. Barbara was the first companion mm-hmm. ever to see a Dalek, even before the Doctor. Yeah, before he even knew what they were, and all you saw was the eye stalk going towards her. Mm-hmm. You know, and you had to wait till the next week to see what it was. And that was, I think, the second episode in already at that point. End of the first or second, something like that. First, but but it was was a while in. Yeah, but that one had that. There's one that one episode where they're like Ian and Barbara and the Thals are trying to sneak into the city and they're just jumping from one side of the cape to the other. I'm like, really? Do we need to see in like real time their progress? And they jump and then they can't make it. And it's like, oh, this was really for. Nothing. It's like, and then one guy falls, but it's like. He was wearing a red shirt. It was like, I think we could have done without this episode. We could have squeezed that in. Just go, oh, they're going to go into the city. Show like a minute of them making progress. Show, show the part where the guy falls. And, and done and done. But instead, each one jumps over. It's like in real time. I'm like, yeah, sometimes you just padded them. Yeah. Now, how much, how much more like the first Doctor... Would you like to see Peter Capaldi? Because a lot of people are like, oh, he's older. He paid homage to him coming out, grabbing his you know, jacket. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to see the first Doctor. I want to no. see Peter see Capaldi's him. Doctor. I, I'd rather see because people are like, like, I want to see it just like. Oh, I'd love to see that again. I, I, you know what? I think that, I think that's why we never got a uh, email back from those people because I am such a proponent of a proponent of Pertwee. Screw you. He's awesome. He was awesome. I've never argued. I have n- I, You know what? Because it's just because, it, you know what? His episodes, in a sense, were more realistic. You try to get out of it by negotiating. You try to get out of it by using your mind. And if that doesn't work, a judo chop to the neck will. <laughs> uh-huh. Kind of the way life works. Yeah, I think if, so. If you're at a bar and you bump into somebody and you spill their drink and you say, hey, let me buy you a new one. And they go, well, I'm going to kick your butt. And you say, come on, let me get you another drink. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean... At some point, if that person's not going to go for it, well, you know what? <laughs> you did your best. Now hit him and run. <laughs> just saying. Like the one episode where Pertwee's just taking, like, he takes on, like, a whole security force at, like, a nuclear base or something. And he's just flipping them over and stuff. It was great. How about you, Joanne? I mean, how much, do you, how much would you want to see Capaldi do anything that the first Doctor did? I mean, I want to see him be completely himself. Like, I'm with you on being completely himself, because it's his doctor, it's not the first doctor, it's not Matt Smith, it's not David Tennant, it's not Pertwee, it's not Troughton, it's Peter Cavalli's doctor. So it should be different. If it isn't different, then people aren't going to like it. But you know something? He, You're gonna, the doctor, the character, the, the actors playing the doctor based them off of the doctors they watched, I think, to a point. Mm-hmm. I think subconsciously they, they, you know, if you grew up watching Tom Baker, that's your doctor. You're gonna. 
I think David Tennant's doctor a took bit. a lot from Peter Davison. Yeah, yeah, and, and, uh, Matt, and Matt Smith, Smith was uh, Troughton more so than anybody else, he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Capaldi grew up watching Hartnell and Troughton and Pertwee. You know, so there's going to be gonna some be a, influences. Be, I just wonder what it's going to be. It's going to be an odd mix, I think. I just it. like to see him, and I said, I know I said this before, but I would kind of like to see him be. I I mean I I don't want him to like go overboard, but I'd like to see him a little more actiony. I would because too. people like expect him because he's older to be. Yeah. Like less, so I would kind of like to see them not go with. Because yeah. he's not really older. No, he's only like he's only like fifty. I mean, he's not really that old a person. Who was like, oh, I picked this old guy. I'm like, he's like fifty two. <laughs> he's he's like middle aged. He's what? He's like middle aged almost. Or just... No, no, I'm middle aged. Well, in four years, I'll be middle aged. He's the same age though. As he's Hartnell's. a little older. Yeah. And I love that. I'm like they. And he looks way younger than Hartnell yeah. did. Hartnell looked like he was on his deathbed. I mean, from episode one. Hmm. But, yeah, I, I would just like to see him, that's what I would like to see him take from Pertwee, a little more, like, the physicalness, yeah, yeah. just so he's not, like, I mean, I don't want to see him, like, always going around and just hitting people or something for no re- I don't want him to become violent. He punches Davros. I, I, I just would like to see him not, because everyone the, expects He has the unstable to... mind of Colin Baker's doctor with the physicality of John Pertwee. You know what, though? Pertwee was a big dude, too. I didn't mm-hmm. know it, but Pertwee was like six-something. He was a yeah. big guy. They said that when they... when they That's why one of the reasons they didn't really show, like, a regeneration between him and Troughton, because there was no way... They were going to fit. I mean, they tried fitting him in the clothes when he comes stumbling out, and it's like the pants are like shorts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but but the first doctor, I mean, I guess if you had to sum him up, what would you say about him? He was. I would say that he really softened during his time. Not that he mm-hmm. ever became like cuddly. But he he went from despising everybody to accepting. By the them. <laughs> end, he was he seemed he like cared about people, and you saw like the doctor that you have today. I think you see that start with him. Yeah, like, he never he never cared about any of them. The beginning, except it, for you're like, Susan. who is this person? Well, not Susan. Yeah, Su- yeah. No, yeah, Susan. Yeah, even Susan though, he was like, oh, here he I'm locking you out of the like, TARDIS so you can stay with this guy in a destroyed future. Have fun. Oh, I, I hate that exit <laughs> for her. <laughs> Have fun in the dystopian Earth that we've created. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> but. No, he he really, I think he kind of softened by the end, but he was always, but he really was more definitely a doctor that relied on being cunning. Yeah, and and being the smartest guy in the room and tricking people and manipulating people and... Yeah, he was very calculated and very cold in what he he did. To his male companions, it was... Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go do this. Now, Stephen, you go over there. <laughs> I'm going to sit here in my rocking chair with this sweet tea. Stephen, if you would go... <laughs> Although I would still the, say... Infiltrate the, the Dalek's fortress. I still say that is wrong in the five doctors that Hartnell's doctor would have clobbered Tegan within... I don't know. Some of his assistants weren't all there either. He would not have put up with her, though. I don't know. Well, you never gotta remember, challenged you gotta remember him. though, just, you said yourself, he mellowed as he went on. I still think Tegan would have been too much for him. He wouldn't have gone, oh, come with me. Let's go do this. He would have been like, who is this person? But she wasn't quite as aggressive with him as she was in a lot of other normal no, episodes. But 
I think there was something that those two characters had between them, in a sense. You know what I mean? I think she was crotchety younger, and he was a crotchety old man. So they had that. They were cr- both cranky and not wanting to be there. <laughs> you know, and that, that I think may have been why they're like, all right, let's just go get this done. <laughs> but yeah, he was. That, that was, I would say, yeah, he was definitely a doctor that relied more on tricks and. Although he does sometimes, like like in Reign of Terror, he just whacks a guy over the head with a shovel to get away, I think. Like, oh, <laughs> every now and then he will break out the... He would do something like that without any consciousness or guilt or anything. He, had, he would have no problem sending people to their death. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it did not phase him one bit. He also picked a lot of fights. That Steven or somebody else would have to finish. <laughs> he, he would, if someone, if he didn't agree, he was always just like, no. And you're like, just walk on. You're trying to escape. Why are you arguing with this guy? But no, he, he knew. If he was right, you were going to know it. Oh, and it wasn't even that. It's, he was the Time Lord. Well, they weren't called <laughs> Although, that. Yeah. They weren't called that yet. But you knew he was something not of, you know, Earth. <laughs> just didn't know what at that point. So I, I like him, though. And Joanna likes him. Yeah. You, get, you should watch a couple other ones. You, you really should watch that, the Dalek one. The first one. It's really good. Hmm. What's the name of it? The Daleks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, it's like the second episode's called... It's just called The Daleks. And actually, you know, and to be completely honest, the first episode's not horrible. I mean, there's a lot of good in it. I mean, it does get a little dull because they go back to, you know, 40,000 BC or whatever it is. But, I mean, it, it, even that's not bad. I mean, that whole first, like, series is not horrible to watch the first year of it i don't think any marco polo i have a reconstruction of and i can only imagine that marco polo was probably not much more exciting anyway based off the audio from it and it was really long too but the daleks was pretty good the daleks invasion invasion of earth right yeah was good he uh his frail body finally gives up against the cybermen Tenth Planet. Tenth Planet, which, again, not a bad episode. Mm-hmm. And that's when he regenerates into our next Doctor we'll talk about tonight, and our last one for this episode, the Cosmic Hobo himself. <laughs> the, the Doctor that when I looked at I said, what's Mo Howard doing as Doctor Who? The Beatles uh, haircut. The Beatles haircut. Patrick Troughton, the second Doctor, who had the longest-running assistant ever, mm-hmm. uh, and all his episodes are almost gone. Uh, Jamie McCrimmon, uh, th- who we picked up in the second episode and stayed with him the whole run. Mm-hmm. And there are there is a lot of fun and a l- Troughton made it not more physical to me, but he made it more exciting. I think with Troughton is where you really you know how they say fifty years of running. No, it's forty seven years because Troughton was the guy that like he was able to run first <laughs> off. I mean, I don't know if Hartnell really could. I mean, he was yeah. not in great shape. He was, to me, he was more comedic. He cared for people, but he was almost as conniving and almost as manipulative. Manipulative still. But he didn't like people to know that. No, Unlike no, Hartnell. he didn't. Oh, Hartnell! He, he didn't, Hartnell wanted clowns, you. so people yeah. underestimated him. Hartnell just wanted you to know I am the smartest person in this room. Yeah, yeah Troughton was like, I don't want you to know that. I. Yep. Just want to surprise I, you. His clothing sa- did not say he was the smartest person in the room. He, didn't he do little magic tricks here and there even? 
Or he used to do all kinds of weird little things. His recorder. His recorder, that's what it was. He would play the recorder. I mean, he was really clown-like. And he looked like a... In the beginning, he was obsessed with hats. You you know, it wasn't called a regeneration either. It was called a renewal, originally. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was interesting, too. Uh, Whichever guy came up with the idea to just do that is probably the smartest man ever in in show business. And I feel bad that he did not make millions. Because he really should (laughs) have... It's a brilliant a bold decision. decision, though. Oh, bold and turned out to be brilliant. They could have gone like, okay, he can change, but we'll just get some other older guy, vaguely similar, to play it the same way. It was like, no, we're going to cast yeah. someone who is the exact opposite of William Hartnell. Yeah, there was a little bit of turmoil, I think, at the end of Hartnell's year or career or time there. I don't think anything major, but I'm sure there was some, you know, issues. I mean, William was forgetting lines. I mean, he just, for the time, his age was old. Where now, like we said with Peter Capaldi, Capaldi yeah. 52 years old or whatever he is, is nothing. 55? Whatever it is, is nothing. 55. I mean, Peter Capaldi could, I mean, mm-hmm. do everything still, you know. Oh, I, I hate that when they start going about, he's so old and I've seen things like, he won't be able to handle this. I'm like, Bruce Willis is like 66 and still makes diehard movies. But I don't <laughs> think they would have cast Jake him if Jake they thought no, he's he'll be fine. It's there's when Hartnell was shooting it, they were shooting year round almost. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. Here's your ten episodes. See you in eight months. No, no, it was. Here's your here's your four amazingly long episodes, and we'll see you next month. And maybe you got like two weeks off during filming, and they yeah. just disappear. Yeah. Which is always, there's always some excuse. Oh, we're gonna keep Barbara prisoner up here on the ship. You guys go down. It's like oh. Must be her vacation time. Yeah. So his, um, so Troughton's first appearance was actually in the Tenth Planet. They didn't credit him yet, but he. <laughs> th- that's when the renewal occurred. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember much about what the companions thought when they first saw him, though. I know they. I, I think they were they were confused. It's been a while. Yeah. But they accepted it fairly. And they never really. They never weird though. Well, what was funny was they. Ne- some people say they never explained the relationship between the second Doctor and first, but what's there to explain? It's him, but he's... All the memories are there and all the knowledge. He just has a different personality and a different body. I don't understand why people got confused with that. But I, mean, I guess back then it was, you know, revolutionary. I mean, we say that in hindsight, looking back, going, oh, we know about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I want to say in Troughton's era, a lot of what we know as of Doctor Who was laid out. The Time Lords were mentioned. He, you, we find out he was one. He got a sonic we, screwdriver. He got the sonic screwdriver. We find out that... Uh, Which he almost never uses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, we find out a lot of neat little things about the society and the world he's from. That stuff has been built on, you know, ever since. Now, Joanna, did you see a Troughton episode? I don't remember. I thought you saw Tomb of the, of the Cybermen. Cybermen, right? I think I did, but since since February. Okay. Good episode. I think the Cybermen are creepier in there. I found out why you could see the lips. You know why? Because they wanted them to still seem human. <gasps> That's why they did they did it they deliberately did it so you'd see that they were augmented humans still, not just robots. Which when I read it, I'm mm. like, that makes perfect sense. That that okay. I get it now. Oh, I love Tomb of the Cybermen, even though the plot makes no sense. They never really say why the Cybermen are there. They Well, they buried themselves in this tomb so that somebody clever would uncover them, and then they could 
re was that what it was take over the ice they, it, it they was, wanted to retake over Hoth I mean uh, the ice planet <laughs> it, it was it was weird because I'm like you know I, I'm not sure this is a genius plan we're no, bury no, ourselves the, in a tomb but really that's been kind of the sim- well yeah but my understanding is the Cybermen episodes aren't in the order in which the events occur in time yeah because there's subtle hints throughout the other episodes of um like uh, Tom Baker tells them they're float. There's none of them left. They're floating around in the tin, bo- a tin, you know, rust bucket, whatever. And allegedly, people are saying that that story should take place before Tomb of the Cybermen. Because if you watch as the Doctor, as Doctor Who progressed, the Cybermen became weaker and weaker and weaker. Which means that at some point they would have buried themselves and done mm-hmm. that. You know, when people forgot about them essentially, is what it seems like. Which does make sense. It does seem that way. I don't know if that's really was intended that way, but, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, it's not the biggest, like, logic no. No. in that <laughs> episode. It, I mean, sometimes you go like, okay. Although, I, I know this was Hartnell, but that that was equally absurd, I think, in the Dalek invasion of Earth. The Daleks wanted to drill to the center of the Earth and then pilot it like a spaceship. People always forget that there's magma there. I'm like, that's a pretty bizarre thing to want to do as well. I'm not exactly sure what made the Daleks go, we don't want a spaceship. We want to use the Earth like a spaceship. Planet, or uh, dinosaurs on a spaceship. <laughs> kind of a planet. I mean, Yeah, that was kind of weird. But uh, so tell us, a l- what, tell us a little bit about Troughton. <laughs> well, we kind of covered obviously more comical well let's do it on your take more than my take uh well yeah much more comedic much more of a people person than hartnell because he he enjoyed people it seemed like (laughs) wanted to talk to people didn't run away from them he liked the attention i think is what it was (laughs) he liked amusing people yeah he he and surprising people and he was eccentric Said started out with a bizarre love of hats that kind of disappeared. True. His recorder disappeared too, thankfully. Until the three doctors. Yeah. When all of a sudden, it's the most important thing to him in the world. I'm like, you didn't use it for two years. But, but, um, yeah, he, well, he, I think of, it's funny because I was just saying the other day, like, if I were going to travel with a doctor, hypothetically here. I think I would want to travel with Troughton. He would be huh. fun. And I, he cared you, about people. You know what? everyone else who That's I feel true. like the other doctors would be like, okay, oh, it's too bad. You died. Whatever. Okay. Wah, wah. Troughton uh, <laughs> cared a little more, I think, about... You know what Doctor, I think, had a lot of Troughton in, it, in, in his character was Sylvester McCoy's. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of the, aspects the of how McCoy the... played it that were he was very clowning, very whatever, but also very manipul- manipulative again, where Davison wasn't like that and Colin Baker wasn't really like that. And no. Tom Baker had his moments. Yeah, Tom Baker had a little bit of that. But he, I mean over the 8 years he was in, he we'll talk about him later, yeah. but I mean his doctors changed big time. But McCoy's Pertwee uh, was Ma- very direct usually. Yeah, no. Pertwee was like, "Why are you listening to me? Cuz I'm basically God." <laughs> <laughs> there was no messing. There was no messing with Pertwee. It was like I'm a time lord. That makes me higher than you. <laughs> um, but 
I think uh, there was one other trait that McCoy's doctor and Troughton both shared was they both had a sinister side that you'd see once in a while. As much fun as Troughton was, there were times when he had no problem pulling the plug on somebody. You know, <laughs> again. Yeah, he was. Well, I, I, I mean, he always that was his thing. Like it always seemed to me, his the approach was he wanted people to like underestimate him. He came across like a clown, pretended he had no idea what was going and on. And once they were in his trap, he sprung it. And then it was like. Or, or he just did the whole thing and, like, never let on that he knew. Like, it would be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Let me just try something. I'm going to run over here and wave my arms around and do something. And then it will be like, oh, look, it worked. Or if it was to disrupt something, be like, oh, my God, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yes, that was. He was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad that so many of his episodes have gone missing. And there was great chemistry between him and Jamie. Yeah. Uh, he had some great assistants, actually. Some of my favorite assistants came out of his. Uh, there was there was Jamie. There was Zoe. Zoe was great because, you know, in the 60s, there were never really a lot of strong female characters, intelligent female characters on TV. I mean, you didn't really see a whole lot. Zoe was a math genius who at times Before would rival... Adric. Yeah. Well, yeah, well <laughs> much more pleasing to look at. <laughs> who at times would rival the doctor and tell him he was wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and... And even uh, Barbara had her moments like that too, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think Zoe was, you know, hey, look, this girl's a math genius, and it's a time period when it was oh, women can't be engineers, women aren't good at math, you know, that kind of condescending, condescending crap was going on. Mm-hmm. So it's like here's this young girl who's you know, and then I mean you had actually he didn't even have that many. He had what. Ben and Polly. He had Ben and Polly, and who Jamie. well, Ben and Polly were the the yeah, the, the pickups, the carryovers. Yeah. But Ben and, and Polly left at the same time, right? Yeah. And then he picked up Jamie, and he picked up Jamie, who traveled with Ben and Polly for a while. Then when they lost right, Ben right. and Polly, they picked up Victoria. And, and Victoria then... and Jamie had very good uh, chemistry. Also, he always mm-hmm. kind of acted. I mean, he to her to him, she was like a lady. She was, you mm-hmm. know. Well, she was but Victorian he, but he, woman. But he acted. Such he, clever naming there. You know, but he acted that way towards her, too, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I always thought Ben was ben, ben and Polly were funny because there was always kind of that there, too. But Ben always would give her crap, you know. Like, <laughs> he would always just, you know. Uh, there was Victoria, oh, and then no, there was Zoe. There's, like, that was no it. doubt in my mind that Ben had a thing for Polly. Oh, and I'm sure Polly, and you could tell Polly had it for him, too. Was really ba- keep clear in mind, from back, him. Back he's the- always like, yeah. I think that's how he got into the whole thing. Really, it's just he liked Polly. <laughs> oh, I mean, think about it this way: back then, the companions didn't fall in love with the Doctor. The companions found each other, and it, while it was still the story of the companions to a point, it it wasn't the big thing. It was yeah, they helped find mm-hmm. each other, helped find themselves, whatever. But oh, I liked that there was never you never thought like. Oh, the doctor is going to end up with Victoria. Like that that did not exist, that possibility, and I liked that a little bit better I agree. than the constant. I didn't mind it so much. I, mean, I get chastised about this too. I didn't mind it so much with Tennant and Rose. I think I think because it was done in an organic way from the from the first meeting between her and Eccleston on. Cuz even with her and Eccleston, there were things that you could tell she really kind of liked about him. But there was still that disconnect of romance that, like, it wasn't there. She just, 
wasn't really attracted to him. She was attracted to what he represented and did, but not necessarily him. And then when he became David Tennant, then it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. I didn't mind it so much because of how it was done. I, I didn't. Love that. I, I thought again three seasons. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of great episodes. One of my favorites is uh, the Mind Robber. I just think it's a great episode, and it's great because when Jamie gets um, there's a scene where the actor that played Jamie got sick, and they replaced him with a guy named I think Robert Hamish or something, who didn't look like him not much. No. But to explain was why his, was that like his cousin or something? yeah, there's some relation. They knew each other somehow. And back then, everybody did in, on the show apparently. Uh, so what they did to explain why he looked different was he didn't have a face and the doctor had to create his face out of different eyes and pieces. And then he puts it together and goes, Oh no, I put it together wrong. And here it's this other Jamie. Fake Jamie. So when Jamie was over, when the real Jamie was over the chicken pox and they brought him back, he had to do the same thing, and oh, it was Jamie again. But that was like the best timing ever, because you couldn't do great. that in just about any other story. But that no, story, it was perfect. It, it fits because everything's bizarre and made up. Yeah, it, and it's actually a really good story, Jane. That's one you probably should watch one day too. The name, the mine robber. It's very enjoyable. It's comedic to a point. It's enjoyable. I mean, there's some suspense in it. You almost you. <laughs> You you almost could redo that and have the master be the bad guy. <laughs> I mean, you almost could. Like I, I keep forgetting that the first episode with the master was during Pertwee, mm-hmm. because I the bad guy in that really could have been him. I mean, it was that kind of an episode. It was very enjoyable, uh-huh. and so much of it Troughton just bumbles through because that's like you said he didn't want people to think he was you know as smart and cunning as he was, so he just played the you know clown and. Well, sometimes he was just, I always thought, impulsive. Like, oh, he yeah. really did just jump into things and have no idea what he was going to do. But Kind of a char- char- characteristic to, yeah, kind of a characteristic of the Doctor, though, in general, isn't it? How many episodes have you seen where they're like, do you have, though, you have a plan, right? No. <laughs> I think he, though, was really like, he just had, like, okay, let, let's go. And then it's like, oh. I don't know what we're going to do. Like, he'd act like he had no idea what was... And then all of a sudden, yeah, he's just like... Yeah. But I, I think he knew that he was smart enough that he could figure something out once they... I think in his head, he had the intention of just walking in saying, I am the doctor. I am powerful. I am from a pow- powerful race. And you obey me. And we're walking out of here. And many, 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 many times, it never worked. <laughs> It'll never it never worked. It worked for Pertwee before. It worked for Hartnell, too, in a couple. But, um, no, he... I, generally, I liked him. He was... And he was, he'd say, like, just catchphrases you didn't hear. What was it? Uh, oh, my giddy aunt. And he was the first one that did the, when I say run, run. It was... It started with him. So... Yeah, he was enjoyable. Definitely. Definitely and enjoyable. it was his era that brought all the... Alien races that have come back. Hartnell was almost like was almost like what Hartnell did for the show. Almost what Eccleston did. He was good. He played the part just right, and he kept it going. And then when it switched over to, you know, Troughton, it's when it got elevated. You know, just like with David Tennant when David Tennant took off or took over, 
everyone was skeptical, but the show really took off then. I mean, I, I think the screenwriters and stuff and the story writers finally got their feet wet and knew what they wanted to do. I think um, Davis had a more overall plan saying, okay, we were successful. We're going to take it to the next level now because we know we can. And I think it was the same thing when Troughton took over. I think it was, you know, oh, Troughton also first appearance of the Brigadier, one of the most mm-hmm. beloved uh, Doctor Who characters also. Yep. And so the I think Ice Warriors, yeah. great intelligence all yeah, came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I the think macra. well, and I think you know, Tennant really brought the show to a new another level, as did Troughton. And I, Matt Smith and Amy and Rory, because I can't think of their real names right now. <laughs> um, they elevated to elevated it to where they were like rock stars. I mean, like they go to they wouldn't even just go to Doctor Who convention. They'd show up at Comic Con in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And, like, be cheered like they were the who. You know, I mean, and that's, to me, at the time, kind of how Pertwee's was. Pertwee brought it to that next level again, where he brought in more audience, because he, you know, the, the original audience was still going to watch, even though he was more physical. But that, that physicality, because of the success of Bond movies and spy stuff and the Avengers and all brought more audience in, in the same way that Matt Smith did, you know. So... Yeah, I mean, Troughton's era laid a lot of the groundwork for the entire lore of the show. A lot, a lot of credit should go to him, and it's sad that the majority of the lost episodes are his. Mm-hmm. It is sad. People need to see them. Well, it wasn't even that. It was just, it was expensive. I mean, at the time, you know, the tape was expensive, and, you know, it was just... Mm-hmm. It, it was the early stages of TV. No one thought, you know, yeah. that someone was going to want to see it again. I feel sorry, though, for the people who, like, Erased featured it. in, like, an episode and it's lost. So, like, they could be like, I was on Doctor Who. And then it's like, but it doesn't exist anymore. No, you know what, though? Oddly enough, the episodes don't, but there's telesnaps from a lot of them. So you'll still be able to find out, you know, who was in them. It's just no live footage. Think as a it would still actor, suck. You'd, yeah. you'd be very... Yeah. Especially now that the show... It's sad. It was a lot of... I agree. I think Troughton was much more fun to watch than Hartnell. And and Troughton made... He was very popular. I mean, he was in the Three Doctors then. He was in the Five Doctors. He was in the Two Doctors. I mean, they mm-hmm. brought him back. And the Two Doctors was what? Tw- 15 years later? Probably. Right? Because say 73. Maybe a less. Than- yeah, about 15 years. He still didn't. He still had it. He didn't look bad. I mean, he played that part still. I mean, he was—he's definitely a doctor to watch and a doctor that a lot of people loved. And I mean, that's an example. Like you looked at him; he looked a lot older than when he played the doctor. But you could get past that. That's why I think McCoy could still totally pass. As yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Because, so. like, by the time you see him, and, like, especially in The Two Doctors, you could tell he's quite a bit older than when he was playing the Doctor. Well, it's funny because there's a whole line of thought that there was a missing season that was planned and not done. Because he's with Jamie in that again. So he had to be taken out of the time stream prior to the regeneration. Or what they... What some people think is that the, the missing section or whatever they were going to do and they didn't do, before they wipe Jamie's memory, you owe us now, you're doing this and sending them on, you know, 
diplomatic missions or whatever. So, Two of the Two Doctors is such a bizarre episode. It was... Eh. Did you see? Did you see the Two Doctors? I thought I, I did. You saw the Three Doctors. Yes. The Two Doctors is more bizarre. <laughs> no, like seriously, it's like Colin Baker and like Patrick Troughton, and I don't think they even see each other until yeah the end. It's it's weird, like. If I was Colin Baker and they're like, hey, Patrick Troughton's going to be in this episode. Oh, awesome. You don't get to see him or work with him at all. Oh. <laughs> but there's some weird, there's like cannibals in it and some weird yeah, stuff. Like this, this one, like, he's like a Scottish, he sounds Scottish, but he's some alien cook and he's like, I just like to eat the meat off these people. Like every planet he goes to, he eats the indigenous population. It's weird. I think Perry's in it too, right? Yeah, Perry's yeah. in that. And Jamie's in it. Mm-hmm. It's on Tarans, right? Yeah. Like I'm remembering the right one. Yeah, it's on Tarans. Well, we watched it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. When you were before when we did the last recording, when we lost episode eighteen. <laughs> episode eighteen's in East Space. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's coming back from East Space. Adric knows the coordinate. You think I might call Matthew Waterhouse up and be like, "Listen, I got a podcast episode. I can't get out. I can't find on my hard drive. I think I need the East Space coordinates. Do you remember them?" I think he's gonna think I'm a nutter. No. <laughs> I think he'd be like, oh, "You remember me?" But um, I guess that's about it for our first two doctors, right? Yeah. How many weeks do we have to the, to the, the anniversary? Do, should we do Should we do a pert we run down real quick? Because we record every two weeks generally, and I got a couple weddings coming up and stuff. But I'm sure we could squeeze something in I, Sundays I or something. I Think we've probably got time for. How many weeks Another do we have? Because it's oh, you mean do one now? No, I was saying we could probably. Well, because we have Pertwee and Baker, so that's going to be two. And Baker's probably going to be a little longer because of how long he was on. Davison and Baker, and then like McCoy and McGann, which there's not going to be a lot to say about McGann. No, that's true. But then Eccleston, Tennant, and Smith. We could probably do those three all together because Eccleston was only there for one season. See that's what that's where you that's where you get that's what's different about our podcast listeners. We include you in our decision making process. You know, you're you're not just you're not just listeners, you're family. You're you're like actual crew members aboard this uh this rickety old police box. And and you know, we 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 want you to feel like that. We want you to feel like you're part of the process. Yes. So like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter even though none of us have kept up on it. We try. <laughs> There's this thing called real life that really sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Work is busy. Well, we're going to try harder. We're going to try to try hard. We're going we're gonna to put the effort in to try harder. I don't even know our Twitter password or anything. I emailed it to you. I'll email it to I you. Have it. I Because I, I emailed both of you at the same time. Why would I email her and not you? I don't have it. I'll email it to you again. Do you even use Twitter? I use this Twitter. <laughs> that would, if you could do that, that would be awesome. Because you find out stuff way ahead of the, when I have time to. So if you find something out, just shoot it out on Twitter. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll give you the info when we're off uh, off air. Obviously, off, off air. Because like, we're on Cause the our we're suddenly we're family, on the AM. Yeah, but... yeah. Sorry, listeners. We just don't want you to. We don't want everybody logging in as our Twitter. Password. Password. It's like on my gaming podcast. Oh, we should give out our Xbox names. Are you insane? No. <laughs> Maybe make one up specifically for the show. <laughs> but no. 
So, anyways, that was episode 19 of Two Girls, a Guy, and a Tardis. And um, I'm going to try getting it up as soon as possible. We thank you for joining us, and we thank you for all your support. And it would be great if when you visit the website, you just click on a banner ad or two so we can actually pay for hosting. Uh, that'd be really neat. Now, you don't actually have to buy anything from the website. Just click on it and close the window. I don't care. Just don't tell, just don't do, tell Google AdSense I told you that. Just click on it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> well, thanks for listening. We just appreciate it. window shopping. We'll be back in uh, two weeks. We're going to definitely work on somehow, even if it's during the week, we, we need to get back on track here. And then we'll see some of you at Chicago Tardis, I'm assuming. Oh, then in October, there's the Order of the Blue Box photo shoot. Yes, there is. The one problem is no one knows where it is yet. <laughs> I know. Which is always the problem. Because I don't know if I can actually make it. And I need to kind of get all that, all those details. And I have a real sonic screwdriver now. Mm-hmm. I know. You can bring the baby and you can just sonic She whispers, I know. <laughs> Thanks, River. <laughs> and that makes our listeners family. So anyways, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>